Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Podcast with everybody today. Um, I am your host, Ben. I'm joined by Jared Benson, Josh Lewis, and Austin Kunis. If anybody listening in doesn't know full names by now. Um, Today we're going to be going into into depth about the last week of the NFL. We've got a few new amazing segments that, you know, one would call flavorful. But... Ooh, okay. You know, kind of to kick Ooh. things off, let's um, let's talk about a few things, and I'm actually going to pass it over immediately to Austin Kunis, just because we're going to talk a few quick fantasy thoughts. So, Kunis, I know you had some things to say here. Um, th- things are looking a little bleak right now. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, it's, uh, <laughs> we're in a dark place. Uh, nobody stays healthy anymore. Apparently, if uh, you ever want to see a running back get injured, just just send him my way. Um, I I looked back at the list you sent earlier today, Ben, and you also forgot Cam Akers, who this started before the season even started. No. Uh, technically, I lost two starting running backs before uh, week one, Gus Edwards and Cam Akers. So it's been uh, it's been a little rough one so far. So we're just, we're just gonna keep keep chugging along. <laughs> so Hang on that waiver wire. <laughs> quickly to say something i don't know if you meant to do this but i think your bad luck with injuries stet like extended to my team because i found out about jk dobbins through you so i don't know if that was almost poetic that i found out through you and now realizing what that means the fact that everything you touch seems to just turn to ash but yeah man it's not been a great start for you on the year so um yeah. So aside from that, I think that just that little kind of last word segment from you before you walk the plank through the rest of the season was pretty needed. Um, like I said, we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the breakdowns. We're going to talk about cover, you know, the spreads, everybody's takes on betting throughout the week. Um, and like I said, we'll have a few new exciting things at the end. So stay tuned for that. So I think to kick things off. Actually, oh, yep. Ben, before you continue. Uh, Josh, did you have anything to say about fantasy? Uh, you you had a little, you had an interesting trade earlier today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a fucking idiot. You really can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was one of those moments where, like, you do something and then almost immediately after clicking the button, it's just like instant regret because deep down you know you fucked up, and yeah. it was one of, <laughs> and it was definitely one of those situations. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't make any excuses. It was stupid. Um, I just am so frustrated with waiver wiring tight ends for the past three seasons that I made a rash decision otherwise <laughs> and a little uneducated if you ask me. So I'll take my L on this one, Shuley. I'm happy to have fund the uh, Damian Williams pickup. So, <laughs> do wanna, uh, yeah. Do you want to enlighten the – the audience oh, yeah. the uh, yeah, I'd like to hear this part. I, uh, I decided it was a good idea to send $45 in fab out of, uh, we start the season off with 100 um, to get a Gronkowski that has a punctured lung and is 
<laughs> on life support ribs. and <laughs> more fractured ribs. And I decided, you know what? That's the guy I want on my team. And it was can't breathe right now. But so. <laughs> can't breathe. You can't breathe right now, but you know, I god damn it, I want him on my damn team. So we got Grobkowski boys and it's a locker <laughs> room. Guy. Arm and a leg. Yeah. It's a morale boost, honestly. Love it. Um I also wanted to ask because you explained to us just before the show your reasoning behind the 45 fab. And I feel as though that is worth mentioning as to why you thought that was a good idea at the time from your, your mismemorization yeah. of the, the fab. Yeah. Um, I, it's again, this, I can't make any excuses. It's just, you know, one of those things where like, I start off a season thinking we had a thousand fab, not a hundred. <laughs> so um, it's like one of those things you keep misremembering. And every time I looked at like trades with like, you know, 19 or 45 or so, I just thought, you know what? That ain't shit. Cause I got a thousand fab. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then no, it's, that's not the reality. So that also kind of was, I wasn't thinking right. Stupid. So, yeah, that, but that, we move on. We that move extra on. zero we, makes a difference. <laughs> I am two and two right now. I'm, I've been, I've scratched my way back a little bit. So there you go. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, if you're in a position like that, why not take the risk? So, you know, if he comes back, he could be back to the, what is it, five receptions, 92 yards, and two touchdowns, two touchdowns yeah. or yeah, he ben, could be down to I, you one, know one. Ben, you, I, lo- I like that. You said that energy, <laughs> you said that energy my way the rest of the season. Well, sure. I think it's important to be an optimist in life because, you yeah, know. You're, you're going to have to be this week when I kick your ass, but – um there, yeah. There's no way. Oh yeah, you and your lack of 45 fab and an injured tight end. Yeah, he turns on me. He yeah. turns on me just like that. Night and day, baby. There's no way broken ribs and a punctured lung will affect him the rest of the year. There's just no chance. It's no, he'll, he'll be fine. Running. Goodness, goodness, goodness! It is Rob Gronkowski. All right. <laughs> also, bold of Kunis to make a comment about injured players. Oh, yeah. Right Kunis, you should know. Yeah, that. yeah. Who the fuck are you? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't trade for injured players. They happen when they're already on my team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. I, I'm responsible. I trade, jinx myself, and then injure the players. <laughs> yeah, so mm. don't go to Kunis's team unless you want to get hurt. Yes, yes. Or so, um, come to mine, and I'll pay you all the money you want. <laughs> I'll pay you with my thousand fab. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, we got a lot to talk about today, including a lot of the breakdowns of the game and uh, breakdown of games. So the first one I kind of want to bring up, Josh and I, and Kunis somewhat, you know, if he comes back healthy, um, had a lot, of, a lot of investment in the Thursday night game, but Let's talk about our good friends, the the Bengals, Jaguars, and our uh, our our frat legend, Urban Meyer. <laughs> so let's let's break down the game first before we get into um, Urban Meyer's game. appreciation for dance moves. Let's say that. <laughs> so, what do you guys think of the game? Um, did anything impress you? Because I must admit, I was pretty impressed by the Jaguars, albeit a loss. So, yeah. Josh, um... I uh, I had my parents were at the game too, so I, I you know you always watch out for your parents there, so you can mm-hmm. see them. Uh, <laughs> a fight did break out in front of them too, but besides that, <laughs> oh um, really? <laughs> yeah, I'll show a video on that later. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, you know what? Thursday night games have been awesome so far this year. I mean, granted, it was uh, initially initially looking at it, it's like oh Bengals Jags, but you know the Bengals have been pretty good this year, and the Jags have not. 
And uh, regardless of the close game in the beginning, the Bengals were able to pull it out. Uh, Burrow is looking every bit of that first round pick uh, with his decision making. And, you know, uh, especially when he uh, 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 audible to that tight end screen to Uzama, that was yeah, he's got on that, that's a balls. I like that. Oh, yeah. So uh, just real, yeah, to wrap it up, Jaguars, still not impressive. Uh, although T-Law did shake Sam Hubbard out of his shoes, and that was pretty cool. Uh, but other than that, Bengals are rolling. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, oh, I agree because I, I like what the Bengals are doing right now. I like how Joe Burrow looks. He's he's starting to get comparisons to Aaron Rodgers. I think that's, I think that's jumping the gun a little bit. Maybe he's oh, like of a – Of course, of course. I, I kind of see him as a prime Alex Smith. Yeah, I said it, Trevor. Prime Alex Smith. But like Josh said, he looks all the... a compliment or an insult? It's a backhanded compliment. I was about to say, yeah, I feel like that depends on the season. <laughs> but like Josh said, he looks all the number one overall pick the Bengals chosen to be. The Jaguars still don't look... They came close, though. They came close to beating the Bengals, but they don't look good. And they're just even more dysfunctional now with the, the Urban Meyer news, but their only bright spot, I guess, outside of T-Law would be James Robinson. James Robinson looks like <laughs> Ben's over there cheering. Yeah. <laughs> but James Robinson looks good. And I don't, it, it just, I don't know why they would draft Travis Etienne in the first round when they got a perfectly fine running back undrafted. And a real shitty defense. Cheap. Cheap yeah. running back in James Robinson. And efficient. So Very efficient, yes. I'm actually curious to get, and I appreciate that, Jared. I'm actually curious to get Kunis's take on his main man. Well, both Joes. So <laughs> Joe Mixon I, I and Joe little, Burrow. I had a little more investment in this game than I would have uh, liked in uh, Jaguars Bengals. It's not ideal. But, <laughs> Typically uh, a right riveting read. Yeah. Uh, Burrow looked great. Um, uh, just didn't quite get the touchdowns that he was, you know, I mean, two touchdowns is not, not nothing, but he looked better than that. He looked like he, he put on a performance that you would think he would get four. Uh, Mixon looked okay. He didn't look particularly great. And then he finally started to look good and then he got hurt. So that, I mean, that throws a wrench in everything. <laughs> I mean, it was, only it was open on every play. So it just goes to show that the Jags cannot cover the slot at all. Their defense is their defense is horrendous. And yeah, they also traded away CJ Henderson earlier this year, correct? Yeah, CJ Henderson yeah. right before that game. CJ Henderson, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I did think uh using Lawrence on like those read options was a good idea by them. Um getting him so- in something that he's a little bit more familiar with. Just where they can put you know doesn't have to go super far. To make to get the job done. So, um, but Burrow looks good. Mixon got hurt. Go figure. Uh, and I mean, three points, three point win over the Jags. Wins a win, but like, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's always a trap game. The Texans won by more. So, plus the Jags <laughs> also lost DJ Chark, who is probably the best deep threat on that team. So yeah. tragic loss for. Uh, Lawrence, who needs all the receivers he can get, and also, um, you know, get well. DJ Chark, that was pretty ugly, uh, pretty ugly yeah. injury when I was watching it. Yeah, yeah, and it's a shame. So I do have to ask, and not to toot my own horn because <laughs> I got him on my team, but 
What did you guys think of LaVisca Chanel? Is he actually panning out like everybody thought in the preseason as like the go-to guy? Do you think that he has more upside to it? Uh, you know, fantasy aside, do you think that he could actually become almost a, what we all expected him to be for Trevor Lawrence, like a safety blanket on the short routes, uh, maybe in the slot for him? I mean, yes and no. He showed flashes in the preseason to being that guy, but he just has not got really going with Trevor Lawrence. And I think, unfortunately, the injury to DJ Shark, it's going to give him that opportunity. So I think we'll see him get more involved. I don't know if he'll get that that production that we all expected him to be, that wide receiver one, that that Trevor Lawrence connection to LaVisca Chenault kind of thing. Yeah. That one-two duo. I think a uh, more likely step up is going to be surprisingly Dan Arnold. He looks pretty good. He didn't do a lot because he's brand fucking new to the team. Yeah, so he was, yeah. He came in right off the street, made an impact, looked good whenever whenever he touched the ball and just looked – he looked like as soon as he learns the offense a little bit better, he's going to be pretty involved. And yeah. uh, also to shout out the Ohio State connection, Luke Farrell, their other tight end. He is really solid, looking good blocking it on the edge and also catching those few passes. So he's looking good as well. Uh, he definitely has weapons around him. You know, T-Law has solid receivers. He's got obviously the tight end group. Um, it's just, is it more him or is it more urban? And uh, I think yeah. that can segue into our, the, the more uh, dramatic. Uh, the real action one. The real, yeah, the real action. Let, yeah. How about let's, let's, let's twerk our way into that conversation here. <laughs> Um, so I have a question for everybody. Do we think that the situation that has come up, obviously everybody like the prime focus is on the videos that surfaced the quote unquote distraction that he caused. Obviously it's not just that did, does the video, if you were in that situation as a player, seeing that from your coach, does the video push it over to the line or you know, how would you feel about the situation? Because to me, that just seems quite minimal, but I want to get your takes. I, I personally don't think it's necessarily the video itself because whatever, you know, it's a famous athlete coach, whatever, doing something little, you know, some indiscretion there, but it's the way he's handled it ever since you're a coach. You, the whole thing you preach is accountability you got to stay accountable to your teammates, all this. And then you come into them with showing zero accountability for your own actions, saying how, oh, it was just some girl that – or, you know, it was just somebody trying to dance up on him. You know, he, he had no part in any of this. It was all, you know, like he he slipped into it all. Like it's – he didn't do anything for it. You got you to gotta be accountable for your own actions if you're going to tell other people to do the same. So – yeah, you, he, lose, you lose a little bit of the locker room there when you do that. Yeah, he didn't say sorry or anything until the owner cracked down on him and kind of made him release a statement about it. And so, and like you said, he's going to lose that locker room or whatever he had to begin with. Because I think in the beginning, or the players have been saying that he really didn't have much when he showed up to Jacksonville. And now this is happening. I, I feel like they just don't respect him at all. So I, this is just not a good look for the Jaguars right now. And I think... He either needs to step down or I think he just needs to be fired, but that's just not going to happen anytime soon. 
Yeah, and uh, my take on it, as you know, I love Urban from his days in Columbus. Um, I, from the beginning, uh, as soon as this was announced, he was hired, was, it was going to be a bad idea. I knew he could not handle uh, what it took to head coach a uh, NFL pro, uh, NFL franchise. The Jacksonville Jaguars of all franchises, too, doesn't make it any better. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, like, does it? Does the circumstances surprise me? I mean, let's be honest. Coaches do. There's plenty of stories I've heard when, like, Bobby Huggins was here. Uh, you see, uh, you know, they they more than likely are doing that kind of stuff. But it's like again, kind of like what Kunis said. It's the and Jared also says like it's the way that like it was brought out and then the way it was handled once it was in the public guy because like. That's because that's when everyone's going to be looking at the reaction to the team, to the ownership, and everything. Is when, like, I mean, I was just sitting there watching football on Saturday night, and then my buddy just texted me all these, and I'm just like, oh my god, Urban is trashed right yeah. now. Oh my god, that guy looked blitz as hell. Like, <laughs> he was so drunk, and <laughs> I'm like, Shelly's going to be pissed. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just very unprofessional from a guy who you know, acted very professional for so long. And it just seems like he's just literally down there, you know, not really focused on coaching, it seems. And uh, it's a mess. And um, But I will say I'm not surprised by it at all. I mean, you're coaching well, an 0-4 yeah. team. What, what, and there's not going to be that much focus anyways. But I, I, I'm going to give him a little props here. He did it in his own bar where there's a – Dude, it's so I think nice I saw. Yeah. <laughs> I saw like, talk about self-centered. They <laughs> have a wall of pictures, and there's one picture with him and his wife. And I think you can see that. <laughs> so props to him. Hey, I, I asked myself, I'm like, you know, what would I have said if I was there? And I honestly feel like what I would have done as that girl was grinding them on that stool, I would literally, like, walk five feet away from them, and I'd go, hey, coach. He'd look at me, and i look him straight in the eyes, and I'd go, oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope to God he replies back, I hope, baby. <laughs> Just keep it bar talk. <laughs> exactly, man. I would have loved it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, uh, bad looks overall, though, in the grand scope of things. Yeah, so one of the things I was going to add to your point, Josh, was not only is he someone who you know is meant to kind of keep that higher standard, He's also someone that has been on record preaching accountability. So I saw there's a I can't remember the exact points that he pointed out uh, that you know he listed, but there was an interview that resurfaced of him talking about what it takes to be an effective leader, what it takes to be um, a solid coach, and every single detail that we've even listed tonight about the fact that it took him until. Shotcon, the Jags owner, called him out. The fact that it's it's hypocritical, it's almost amusing because everything that he preached, he did wrong. Yeah, and, I, and so it was it was just a bit of a very it was a very confusing situation with how he handled it. I know exactly what you're talking about because he's probably more or less quoting his book, which I have, and the book <laughs> is literally on 
um, accountability, leadership, and like uh, you know being being a leader and like the the goals that it it, it takes to be uh, you know a successful uh, person, player, etc. And it's a really good book, but you know <laughs> we all saw how he was acting, so I guess uh, maybe a lot of it was fluff. But no, I definitely get I get it. It's definitely hypocritical, and I agree. Yeah, and it's it's funny because actions speak louder than words the fact that he has a book about it and then completely defeats the purpose it almost just everything just goes to shit at that point so i feel like we beat that to uh you know we've beaten that point to a pulp so you know it might be a good time to move on here um want to bring up the falcons washington game taylor heineke washington what's everybody thinking here i i wasn't a believer taylor heineke I was I was impressed in the playoff debut last year against Tom Brady, but he looked good. Granted, it is against the Falcons, and they even made Jalen Hurts look good. Remember, we saw Jalen Hurts ball out. We all thought, oh, Jalen Hurts is a pretty decent quarterback. The Eagles found a decent quarterback. They don't need to think about Gardner Minshew. But no, I think Taylor Heineke performed well. He went 23 for 33 for 290 yards and three touchdowns. One of them was the game-winning touchdown, thanks to JD McKissick. Did you guys see that play? Yes. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, JD McKissick awesome. flew. He was like <laughs> ten yards away from the pylon and just took off and just flew past like two defenders and got the touchdown. It was amazing. But I, I don't know. Did I, you see his acceleration right when he got the catch? Mm-mm. Yes. The moment. So the ball was almost a floater, and I thought that he was going to get gobbled up by the defender his ex- his, his yeah. explosiveness his acceleration off the catch was wildly overlooked because he caught that ball and turned on the jets mm-hmm. and yeah, he was fast. L- let's, oh, like yeah. that he moved fast on that and i i i rewatched it a few times and went that that explosive that acceleration just off of a floater catch was absurd so he constantly proves us wrong. I mean, and I'm going to kind of circle this into fantasy. As much as we, you know, will give Nate crap about the Antonio Gibson pick football wise. Is JD McKissick deserving of this praise? Is he, you know, is he really, could he really be a viable asset? You know, is, and is he overlooked in that sense? Because he seems to make a difference every single time he's on the field. Are you saying in terms of fantasy? Both. Well, no, not fa- we know what he does for fantasy, but like yes. football wise. I think football wise, yes. And yes, I think both, yeah. yeah, I think Ron Rivera knows that. And that's why you see him most of the times late in the game, like in the crunch time moments in the red zone. Like he's there in the backfield instead of Antonio Gibson. And that does frustrate Antonio Gibson managers like Nate. But JD McKissick brings that element of that pass catching out of the backfield and he like like Ben said, he can outrun those linebackers. Like Deion Jones is no bum. Like he is fast. And he made him look like he's moving like molasses like Danny Trevathan. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. kind of circles this kind of circles back into um what we're seeing in football already. And that's the workhorse running back is kind of dying. And you want these you want these committee backfields. You have your bruiser, you have your pass catcher, you know, you have these 
uh, why why risk it with you know one workhorse when you can just have a committee of guys that fit different schemes, different different plays? So like that's what we're starting to see in football itself. And like this is the perfect example. Like Antonio Gibson, we know what he is, we know what he's good at. And J.D. McKissick, we know what he is, we know what he's good at. And it just makes sense to use them together. Whereas if you kind of look at the workhorses that are left in the league, like Dalvin, he got hurt last week. Luckily, okay, this is probably a bad example because Alexander Madison <laughs> is really talented. So I guess a better one would be like Najee Harris. Like if Najee Harris goes down, next guy up is Benny Snell, who's, you know, Eesh. decent, but he's he's not Najee. Like you're already yeah. in that huge drop off right there. Uh, who's the uh, Balage or? Kalen Balage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Balaggy. You know, yeah. <laughs> so. You take this risk with, you know, vesting in the workhorse and it's kind of been a dying fad and these committees are kind of coming up and it makes it harder on us fantasy guys because now the running backs are scarce and then you get to start looking at, okay, which of these guys is going to be the more fantasy viable? And in my opinion, it's going to be the pass catching back. So J.D. McKissick, um, that's just the way I see it. I think if yeah. you put uh, if you put McKissick on those old like Patriots teams, He's top fifteen back. In that James White role. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's a great point. Him with Brady and Belichick, he'd be phenomenal in PPR leagues. Yeah. And I don't and I don't think like it, it, it could be a multitude of different backs that are like him, you know, that, that pass catching receiving back in the backfield, you know. Um Can you could really put up? any guy there. Yeah. Kenneth Gainwell. Um, um I would even <laughs> say, gosh. I mean, who Tony else? Pollard, uh, Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds, a perfect one. Yeah. Um, I have a, so yeah, I have a question for you, Josh, even though you don't, Oh, I guess this, this could be for Josh and Kunis. So how do you guys view Deandre Swift? Cause you were talking mainly like people having that bruiser and then having a pass catching running back, but they have the Lions have Deandre Swift and Jamal Williams who are both similar in play style. So how do you view that backfield? I, I think it's it's one that if if Swift was fully healthy, he'd be dominating the work. But Williams is just good enough at both at at all around similar things as Swift that he warrants a solid amount of playtime still. But yeah, I mean Swift Swift is his best talent is his receiving, but he's also a great runner between the tackles. Yeah, Swift reminds me of like a smaller, compact version of Dalvin, and that's yeah. literally just because the way they both do their pass catching, you know, just those little dump offs where they purposely fade off, and they just look exactly the same. They're both strong runners. It's like Swift is like a smaller version of Dalvin. Um, but to to your point, like Jamal Williams last year, remember when um, uh, Aaron Jones went out and he just kind of just picked it right up, and you know, I think he's a stronger. Uh, they've been using him as the bruiser more, and I think that he is more of a bruiser compared to Swift. But I do see where you're seeing that that pass catching uh, uh, values between them. Yeah, because Jamal Williams last year would also come in for that third down passing back, even though Aaron Jones could also do it as well. So yeah, that makes I, sense. I, I don't think anybody would say that Jamal Williams is better than Aaron Jones, but he just he he's good enough to earn playing time, no matter who the starter is. So my take on it was if you watch very much, and it's a good point that you guys bring up the Packers from last year, Jamal Williams was almost seen as the pass catching back. You know, he was in on some of the third down work. He was, you know, that PPR viability for him 
kind of became very useful. And there were weeks that he was a, a solid flex option. With the Lions, although that's although Swift has the upper hand when it comes to the reception work and stuff, both of them are almost identical in the sense that it keeps defenses guessing. So from a football standpoint, you have two guys who can do both. So if you had brought Jamal Williams in last year, there was almost an understand there was more of an understanding that it most likely was going to be, you know, a, a check down pass. Whereas now it, it kind of leaves it unexpected when Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift rotate in that backfield because both can do either one. Now, obviously, one's a pass catcher that is, you know, very good at running. But and one is, you know, kind of balanced on both, but they both kind of fit the same mold to the point where it's like defenses don't really know what to expect because both can do either one pretty That's damn well. Point. That's a good point you and, brought up too. Yeah. And I would, I would like, kind of, uh, I would just like to say real quick, like, and those, there's virtues is like, you can even take that to like um, the different biggest difference between like, you know, Derek Henry and Dalvin cook, like Derek Henry, like he's, he's getting all of his points, just running, r- rushing, you know, 20, 30 times a game, crazy stuff like that. Like that's where he gets his points. Whereas Dalvin, you know, he's, He's more like, you know, this this pass catching guy we're talking about, but also can run like a workhorse, but he's not nearly touching the ball as much as Henry. He's catching it a lot, like he's getting a lot of reception. It's almost balanced. Like, you know, he only he'll only do, go like, you know, 15, 16 rushes a game, but he'll also have like seven targets or, or five targets because Kirk Cousins loves that dump down pass. Right. So like mm-hmm. that like gives Dalvin a little bit extra tools that makes him maybe per se more valuable. But Derrick Henry, on the other hand, is a freak of nature like you you can't (laughs) stop really good at what he does yeah and that's just being a beast (laughs) yeah i I would like to point out surprisingly jamal williams had zero targets really yeah wow Wow. targets all the running back targets went to swift that's yeah but jamal williams had 14 carries yeah and swift only had eight so it's like exactly exactly so to be honest with you, I kind of actually lost where we transitioned from the Falcons to the Washington game. Um, but it good. makes that complete sense. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, it transitioned perfectly. Uh, the one thing that I know Jared is going to appreciate, just because I don't know if I blacked out or not and just didn't hear anybody mention it, but Cordero Patterson's insane. Jesus. And it's nice to see him finally get the the usage, the recognition, because for someone who is – you know, for my, uh, for my bears fans, the greatest kick returner of <laughs> all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, I don't believe that. I know it's Devin Hester, but I'll fight you, man. <laughs> no, it was. So we were watching the, we were watching a bears game together one day in college and who Jared, who was it? One of the announcers said the that announcers. Cord- Cordero Patterson was like the best kick returner of all time in the NFL. And both he Jared said and that he said it during a bears game. Like what do you know? The history of the sports or the team that you're talking about? It's not on? even that far back in the history. No, <laughs> it was like 10 years ago. It was like the audacity. It wasn't it might Joe have Buck. Been. No, it it I, I would have known if it was Joe Buck. I forgot who it was. It, Micah knows the name, but but it was it was 
picture perfect seeing Jared and Micah's face go, what? Are you, <laughs> are you serious right now? <laughs> but regardless, he is a very good kick returner. He is one he of is. the best. He's fantastic. Yes. But now he's he's being realized for what he can do because him in open play is not fair. Nasty. The same with a lot of kick returners. You know, you put someone in isolation like that. If you give him open space, he's going to make you pay. So imagine if we use Hester that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would, you guys could have won a Super Bowl. Stop it. Oh, shut not up, no, I'm not, I'm not stopping not, on that one. We're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not stopping on that. Thanks for the ring, by the way. You can thank Rex Grossman. That was, I can also, that was a good I can one. also thank Peyton Manning for that. Fine. That's fair. Yeah. So, yeah wanted to, I definitely <laughs> wanted to give Cordero Patterson his, uh, his due credit. Yes, so balling out. Let's talk about your boy. Let's talk about the starting quarterback. Justin Fields. Let's go. Finally. Oh my god. I'm, I'm very excited. For those who don't know, I'm but... very excited. Very, very excited. <laughs> the Ravens fan is excited this. not to. Matt Nagy announced finally that Justin Fields will be the QB1 going forward. No more of this if he's healthy. Andy Dalton is our starter. Bullshit. No more. It is now Justin Fields' time, and it is now. Now we are on our road, on the journey, to a Super Bowl, and I believe journey that to nine and nine and eight. Stop it! I don't see yeah. us losing another game this year. <laughs> hey, nine and eight. Whoa, 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 are you kidding? I don't see. It. I I looked at the schedule after the announcement. I said, I really don't know how we lose another game. We lead the league in sacks. Khalil Mack has four sacks. Robert Quinn is looking like an edge rusher finally. So our defensive line is one of those elites. Our secondary is not that bad as it was in the beginning, especially in that Rams game. There are still some holes, but I, I, our defense is rounding out now, and especially dude, I think they're going to play dude, more that Khalil Mack, like, that Khalil Mack. That Khalil Mack. I mean, Reggie Bush tossed to this. I, I love that. I just oh, love yeah. the fact that he was just like, nah, we're getting a touchdown on this bitch. <laughs> I love that yeah. stuff. That was awesome. He got flagged for it and they called it back, but I love the effort. Oh, it did? Oh. Yeah, they called it I back. I only saw the highlight. I didn't see that he got flagged. No, that, no, no. Now you ruined it. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just they, hope. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, let's just hope Bill Lazor. Uh, keeps command of the offense on that because the moment Matt Nagy passed it off, it seemed to be moving pretty well, at that least is, compared to what it was the, the week before. That's a huge fear of mine is that uh, Nagy's just going to be like, he's just going to pull it right back. You're like, see, the offense went well. All right, now I'm going to call him and see how great it can be. Hey, yeah, that, I could do that. That's absolutely a move he would do because he's going to try and take it to the next level. And by that, we're going to score eight points. It's more than one seven. Yeah, but Justin Fields had a great game nonetheless. Even though it was against the Lions, I don't give a damn. He had 209 yards and an interception that wasn't his fault. They got tipped at the line, and it was a great play by the lineman and picked off. But did you see those bombs to Darnell Mooney? Those throws look oh, beautiful. Yeah. That should have been a touchdown. What is Darnell Mooney doing? I know we're talking about this on Monday. Yeah. I think it was the first drive, the first one of the first plays. He bombs it to Darnell Mooney. He's open. He catches it in stride. Beautiful throw. I had to change pants (laughs) after watching that one. But (laughs) 
right just the, like a mama used to make. <laughs> right in the bread basket, and he's got one of the defenders on the ground, and he if he just goes right outside down the sideline. Cut up the sideline. Uses his speed. That's a touchdown. That's peewee shit. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> Nonetheless, I love seeing it, and they connect. I think three more times in similar plays. Oh, the one in the red zone was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like the placement on that one was awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. I just. I don't know how Matt Nagy saw that and still kept wanting to say Andy Dalton is our starter when healthy. So speaking of Matt Nagy, Nagy. I feel like uh, if I, if I recall correctly, you, you have a few choice words. Is this where we want to introduce this? (laughs) I had, I had past tense had a few choice words until he made the announcement. So this one's a little nicer, but yes, I would like to introduce one of our new first segments of the podcast. It's going to be Jerry's letters to Matt Nagy. <laughs> I was going to ask if it was going to be to like my letter to each individual coach, but I feel like it's going to be Matt Nagy. Most no, of it's going to be anyways. it's going to be a newsletter to Matt Nagy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so maybe the every, occasional one. The editor. Yeah, after every game, I'm going to write him a letter, and this is. This is going to be my letter to Matt Nagy after week four. By the way, we haven't heard this yet, so this is something yes, that we all get to hear together reaction. for the first time. Dear Matthew, first <laughs> off, thank you for putting your big ego to the side and letting Bill Lazor call the plays. I know how much that ate you up inside and probably kept you up all night, but look how much better and more efficient the offense was. We marched down the field with ease. No wide receiver screens on third down. We had big splash plays throughout the course of the game, and we even scored on our opening possession, which is unheard of in Chicago. And I was going to go in on a rant about you still saying that Andy Dalton is our starter, but then you saved your ass earlier today. Oh, did you save your ass by announcing Justin Fields as the QB1 going forward? Finally, finally you open your eyes. I don't know what changed in the past 48 hours, but I'm glad something did change. Now, that's two good decisions in a row, Matthew. Keep that up. Us Bears fans are watching the growth and maturity develop as you realize you are not this smart, deceiving coach, head coach you think you are because you're not fooling anyone by trying to keep everything under wraps <laughs> because of quote-unquote scheme. Whether or not Khalil Mack held you in a chokehold until you announced Justin Fields was a starter. (laughs) I, as well as all of Chicago, are elated that us Bears fans no longer have to wait for our first-round QB to take the reins. Now, this is going to be the first of many letters that you will receive during the season, and let us both hope they will be as positive and upbeat as this one. Your biggest hater and supporter, JB. Beautiful, beautiful. So, if I was an English teacher, A plus. <laughs> thank you. But Excellent yes, writing. Hopefully, hopefully it stays that positive after every week. But knowing Matt sure. Nagy, sure it won't be. I want it to go wrong because I kind of want to hear what an angry letter sounds <laughs> I'm like. Gonna, I'm gonna hear. I'm gonna hear tomorrow that he's gonna call the plays for Sunday, and I'm gonna already write my letter. I'm gonna have it done. <laughs> well, I was gonna say. When we when we record next week's episode, can we introduce the new letter? If you lose, and if you lose poorly, uh, can we introduce it with the was it the Rob Schneider? Oh no, we suck again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want well, to, but yes, we can. Uh, 
I mean, it's truth hurts sometimes, but I mean, hopefully, just he sticks to Bill Lazor because it seemed to be working at least for for Chicago. You won the game. That's what that's what counts. Not only did we win the game, we looked like an NFL offense for once. <laughs> that's I, such a bad line. It's, it's such a low bar. It's such a low bar. But we look like a competent offense that wanted to score the football. We look you know? like an wow, NFL Wow, I'm real offense. happy you're finally looking like an NFL <laughs> offense. You've only been in the league for almost ever. We you look like we would have blown out team? Yeah, for real. <laughs> We're the oldest team in the NFL. We finally look like an NFL Dude, you offense. Know what? <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, that was very fantastic. All we know is defense and Walter Payton, baby. God, I yeah, yeah. Walter Masters is up at midway. <laughs> so we kind of right. covered a lot of that today. Um, let's talk about my team. Yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about your team. first dub of the uh, year. The Glue Factory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, don't you call oh us the Glue Factory? We're young. We're Colts. We're aren't we glue when we're older? <laughs> Well, that's when we go to the Broncos. That's what, of, who's going to tell? <laughs> I don't know. So, Mo Ali Cox had a game. He had two touchdowns. Yeah, Mo Ali Cox needs to be a focal point of our offense because it's kind of hard to put a linebacker, a cornerback, a, a like whoever you try and put on them. If it's not another Mo Ali Cox, it's kind of hard to block Mo Ali Cox. Right. And on the on the previous episode we were talking about it a little bit, but he's six eight. So all you gotta do is just lob it lob it to he's, him every time. And he's a he he's the former power forward for VCU. He's a he's got great hands. Ooh. He he's got he could have hops. Even though I don't wait. know I don't I don't really think he has hops if I'm being honest with you. I've never really seen him. All he has to do is raise his hands up though. Yeah, he's six eight on a football field. That's yeah, giant. He, <laughs> he, the I I have a soft spot for Jack Doyle. I know a lot of people don't. Jack Doyle is a talented player, but come on. You have a 6'8 power forward playing tight end. Just give him the damn ball in the end zone. Do you, do you, guys, do you guys think? <laughs> he does. <laughs> Mo Cox. Do you guys think? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying Go to ahead, keep it <laughs> Do you guys think? This is kind of how LeBron would look if he played in the NFL. Remember, he was getting offers during the Ooh. NBA lockdown. And if yeah. he were to play, it would be tight end. I, I think LeBron would be a lot faster. Well, obviously, I think he'll be faster, stronger than Mo Ali Cox. But Ow. do you think? I think it's just a game changer. Here's, yeah. Here's uh, my thing with LeBron. I don't think he handled the hits. Yeah. I don't think so either. He injured all the time. That's true. A hundred percent. I don't know. He's However, if you if I would much rather because Mo Ali Cox is like a red zone target because you you know he just sort of lumbers into the end zone, stands there. You can throw the ball to him. You can kind of get some separation in terms of height over somebody. Whereas LeBron avoided big hits. He could be a like a genuine difference maker. So Josh, you had something to say. Yeah, my the thing the reason why I say that I'm not saying that he like LeBron's not tough. He's obviously tough, you know. Um, my thing is, it's like you know, you it's just such a completely different sport and the way that you prepare yourself for it too. Not saying that like you know they're both not built, but like the way you um, 
play the game and the way that you build your body to to like take those hits is much different than basketball. Uh, I mean, it is a contact physical sport, but you know, football that's all you get hit twenty four seven. So I would say like more of a health thing too. But if like he like prepared for it, I feel like that that would also factor into how well he'd play. If he's just coming straight out of the NBA, ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Josh, you can that. just come right out and say it, and you think that he's baby back, bitch. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a cry baby bitch boy. LeBron is a cry baby bitch boy. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, LeBron? We are not fans of you at the FSL podcast. He's going to be really upset. He's come play for Ohio State, though, please. Listeners. <laughs> well, do you think? Do you think Bronny's going to go to Ohio State? Uh. Nah, I think like UCLA is his is his place, right? I thought that was like his. Uh, who cares I, about basketball, yeah, man? Well, why are you bringing that crap up right here? I mean, <laughs> like we, we were talk talking about UCLA. Fair enough. Fair enough. Figured I would just ask. Um, well, no, no, speaking of, before we move speaking on. of baby back bitches, I was actually just. Oh no, Jared, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say before we move on, I just want to note that this is Carson Wentz's first win in seven games. That's Dating why I was introducing baby back bitches. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was I was literally going to say, speaking of baby back bitches, it's Carson Wentz's <laughs> first win in seven games <laughs> with his little ankles. Kudos to him to proclaim though, because I wasn't expecting him to play, let alone do as much as he did on the field. Actually, that is a great point. I rescind my baby back bitch statement. Because it you're playing with two sprained ankles and still pushing your coaching staff to let you play not a like because he played last week he, yeah, played, he played through the first yeah. yeah he played through the first week of having the sprained ankle so he wants it i i and as much as i you know i was roasting him at the beginning i like carson i think carson wants to do well as a colt i think do there's you? a genuine belief that he can do mm-hmm. I, I mean it's a it's a health issue i miss quentin really want big q back but for what Carson does for our offense, I watched Philip Rivers try to ex- extend plays last year, and the tennis balls nearly fell off the bottom of his walker <laughs> while he tried to do so. It's nice to have a QB that, although he holds it too long, can still extend the play with his feet. So what were you going to say, Josh? Uh, ben, you're doing a terrible job of convincing me right now. <laughs> It just sounds sad. <laughs> it's what he's got to tell himself every morning before he watches. I, I feel like you weren't even talking to us when you were talking about that. You're like talking to yourself. You're just like internalizing. <laughs> like I like Carson Wentz. <laughs> Do you? I was looking. I was looking at my camera in in the Zoom call. I said, like, I like him. I do. I really <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I really do. Right? I have to. But hey, hard like knocks, it, right? baby. <laughs> No, please, no more hard knocks. Soft knocks. We don't need him hurt anymore. Yeah, that's exciting. When does that start? Is that in November? I have no idea. But, I mean, the moment you guys said that hard knocks only follows bad teams or struggling teams, that's when I really started to realize, well, hang on a minute. We haven't won a game yet. <laughs> so. Yeah, Colts are one and three now. We don't really have Congrats to talk. On the first one of the season. Don't really have to talk much more about it. I'm happy we've got a win. I mean, it's one and zero each week. We just have to take it. As we go, except we're going to get absolutely destroyed by the Ravens this weekend, unfortunately. <laughs> but after that, it's a brand new season. Yes. Um, <laughs> I do want to mention 
my friend, my good friend, Mike Gasicki, after being Mike Goose Eggy week one, he has <laughs> kind of pulled through and given me some two two viable fantasy performances the last few weeks, although I didn't start him last week. So let's move on to the Giants and the Saints. I actually didn't watch this game all that much, um, but what I did see was Saquon returning to being Saquon. Mm-hmm. So what's everybody's take on this game? Yeah. Uh, Saquon looked good. He's looking like he's his old self, but my biggest takeaway from this game was Daniel Jones. Now, Daniel Jones went 28 for 40, and he threw for over 400 yards and two touchdowns against a very tough defense in the Saints. Now, that's impressive. This last week. <laughs> it's because he was on your team, Kunis. He just needed to be freed from you. And- like fucking Atlanta. What's the hell? <laughs> 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 This was in New Orleans. And he out. I don't understand. It, I've never seen this from Daniel Jones. And he had one interception, but that was because of a Hail Mary desperation play at the end of the half. But he looked good. He was dropping dimes everywhere. Did you guys see that one throw to John Ross? I think Trevor was blowing up the chat when John Ross finally caught that. Finally caught a touchdown pass in the league, you know. Yeah, um, my my I watched a little bit of this game. I'll get to the reason why later. But uh, Saquon, he looked, you know, Saquon's out there looking glistening, looking looking strong. Um, I'm happy to see him uh, back in action. You know, we want to see our our best players, our best players in the league at full health. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, the Giants definitely pulled off a shocker in New Orleans. Yes, you guys- could call him Saquon Sparkly. Saquon Sparkly. I don't think he would have liked that much. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. But do you guys think it's a uh, – if you're the Saints, do you guys – do you panic? Do you guys but think yeah. it's time to hit the panic button? I think it's been panic time. They already yeah. started honest. burning down some of the Superdome. I say finish it off. <laughs> My God. <laughs> and here is Josh with our resident dark joke of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that it's been panic time for them. I thought week one was a complete fluke after seeing how they've responded in the next few weeks. Jameis, I I mean, to be fair, even in week one, it was five touchdowns, but it was what? 148. Yeah. He didn't throw that many yards. It was, they had, they had a prime field position like that entire game. I mean, signs pointed to this isn't going to last from that, you know, from that situation. Uh, as far as a, a fantasy, you know, as far as fantasy goes, it, well, football-wise, it's panic time for the Saints. Fantasy-wise, what do Alvin Kamara owners do? I mean, he's not exactly instilled confidence. Well, if you're Trevor, you have blind faith that they'll eventually use Alvin Kamara again, but... He had zero targets for the first time in his career last this past game. Insane. They're not even looking for him. I don't understand. Even with Tony Jones out. So I I think you are I think you do worry a bit. And I think Trevor is worried deep down inside as a Camara owner. But I mean, I don't think you trade him or anything like that. Anything so what crazy. do what do your expectations become? Uh, also Kunis, uh, I'll get to you in a second. I know you were going to say something here, but I did have a question that you can 
I'll send to you first. What do you do if you're a fantasy owner, if you're a fantasy manager for Camara? What are your expectations for him? I think you have to lower your expectations at this point because this offense is different with Jameis Winston compared to Drew Brees last year. And I kind of try to tell t- Trevor that, that Kamara is not going to be the same that you think he is going to be because Drew Brees is, could only dump off. He had a noodle arm last year. His arm was busted. He could only dump off the Kamara. Jameis Winston is looking to bomb it every time. And whether that's good for the Saints, whether that's bad, that's overall bad for Kamara all the time. Yeah, Kunis, your take. I I think Kamara will be fine, but what are the chances that Trevor fucked up the number one pick overall two years in a row? <laughs> I think it's super high, <laughs> and I love the chances. Uh, Odds on that he gets it next year and does the same thing. Can't wait for it. It's going to be great. It's going to be Christian McCaffrey, and it's going to be – I'll have to avoid that I, I will admit this is very unfortunate. And I think that everybody in our, now this isn't a Clyde situation. I think anybody in his position this year in the draft probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, most likely would have taken Alvin, but so. A lot of people as, would have taken Clyde last year. No, I wouldn't have taken Clyde I would last not year, have taken but Clyde. <laughs> I, I will not, I will not fault him for taking Camara this year because I, had I been in his position, I would have done the exact same thing. So it it is a bit concerning though, because like you said, Jared, you've got someone who's going for the big play every time for the, for the deep threat, but it's almost, it's almost confusing. It's almost baffling. That's a better word for it because they are so depleted weapon wise everywhere else. Why would you not involve Camara? Why would you not, manufacture plays to get the ball in his hands, especially when you don't have Michael Thomas, like Mark Marquez Callaway is not proven to be a, a consistent deep threat. Um, Traquan Smith can't even stay healthy. Um, is it Troutman? Oh, Troutman, their tight end. That, that's yeah. like their number one tight end. Javon he, he Johnson. Yeah. Jawan Johnson. Jawan Johnson's kind of coming into the scene. Troutman can't stay healthy. Why would you not use your most dynamic offensive threat outside of a man that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the day? I think it, I think it stems from last year and a couple seasons ago as well. Just, I think Sean Payton's just in that mentality to try to keep Alvin Kamara as fresh as possible. Cause I think, I don't know if it was three years ago or not when he got hurt. When he had that ankle sprain. I can't remember if it yeah. was three or two. But either way, when they had that ankle when he had that ankle sprain, Champagne was concerned, worried. He wanted to be super cautious with him from then on out. So now they're trying to especially when they had Latavius Murray, they could use him more and kind of save Alvin Kamara's legs for a deeper into the season, more into the playoffs. But I, I don't see why not use him now because it's not looking like you're a playoff team as of right now. You're going to need to use Camara to get into the playoffs. Yeah. So Camara is always going to be a focal point of this. I think that fantasy managers are going to be somewhat comforted knowing that although Sean Payton is worried about keeping him fresh, you have to use him. 
Like you can't not use him. So I don't think that this the zero targets persists. I think that that changes as early as next week. I actually can't remember who they're playing off the top of my head right now, but Kamara is going to be fine. I just think that it's it's a slump period. They will figure things out, especially when Michael Thomas comes back. They will have someone who threatens to push the ball. You know, it provides that other deep threat, um, which will kind of lighten the load or lighten the focus on Kamara. So anybody else have anything to say on this matchup or Kamara or anything like that? I will later. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm actually going to pull up the next game that I think a particular listener by the name of Eric Gansman will like to hear. The Jets beat the Titans in overtime. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Or I should say win, win, win. If Eric posts another stat about how the Jets have given up zero passing touchdowns, I'm going to lose my mind, I swear. (laughs) You are still one and three. (laughs) I don't care. Their corners are the best. (laughs) Yeah, they're the best. Oh, my gosh. Eric, I love you to death, but, man, you kill me sometimes. (laughs) It's almost like your defense is so bad that everybody can just run on you so they don't have to pass it. (laughs) And they didn't have to guard Julio Jones or Or A.J. Brown. Brown. Yeah, Or uh, Nick Westbrook. Didn't he go out with a uh, no. it was like a hamstring? No, he was fine. Oh no, that's that's that happened afterwards. Yeah. Regardless, I don't exactly think that the Jets are game planning for Nick Westbrook really throughout the week. You know, they're going to be focused on Julio and AJ. So, not exactly big threats in that respect there. But regardless, a win is a win is a win. And now the Jets are going to London. Yeah, to play the Falcons next week, but they're hot off a win. That's, I mean, at the end of the day, what is what do we take from Zach Wilson's performance? Yeah, I'll just say on this game, uh, Jameson Crowder, Corey Davis had two amazing catches and throws by Zach Wilson. Looked great. Um, that hit by Quincy Williams on Derrick Henry was epic as hell, mm-hmm. and Derrick still got the first down, which goes to show how much of a beast he is. That was a possible nominee for my segment, was that hit even. But regardless, um, yeah, Jets got their win. Congratulations, uh, Randy Bullock. Fat Randy Bullock is a fucking awful kicker, and I guess every <laughs> so Bengals fan would agree with me on this one. Trevor and Nate are probably, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's my take on this game. Good win for the Jets. Titans, uh, they were so overhyped heading into the season. They still are. Um, we're going to kick their ass when we play them. Fuck the Titans. So, from that last, from the, what is it, the last drive of the game, do you think the Titans should have gone for the win? Or, like, because I know there was kind of some confusion on there. What what was everybody's take on that? Like, almost the, the hesitation there. Uh, definitely go for the win. I know it was fourth and ten like 19 seconds left, but why play for the tie? I understand like in the future, maybe you get into a situation where that tie matters, but a tie really doesn't do much for you. And if you're, if you're that team that Titans expect to be, if you think Tannehill is that guy for you at quarterback, these are the moments you have to take. Those are the chances you have to take. And I think they should have went for the win. And obviously Hindsight's twenty twenty because they didn't win, but it, it bit them in the ass when they missed that field goal. Absolutely. 
ties are for pussies. That's why they do it in soccer. <laughs> there shouldn't be ties to begin with. Um, it's not in high school. It's not in college. Shouldn't be in the NFL. So, it's the uh, the old quote that we all know from college. You know the rule. <laughs> Everybody should always go for it. <laughs> so, they're not really much else to cover there. I mean, pretty exciting. When the Jets start to be a little bit more consistent, we'll break them down to touch more. Um, you know, subtle dig there. We're going to go on to Josh's team. Josh with has been the, waiting for this the, one. The pettiest end result to a football game <laughs> that I've ever seen, but hilarious nonetheless and almost deserving for the Broncos seeing their reaction to it. <sighs> Let me uh, tell you a story. So, <laughs> so throughout the week, um, as you know, and pe- some people listening, I'm a, um, uh, to say the least, uh, I'm active on Bleacher Report. So uh, you know, I'm in the Ravens community, and all week long, Denver fans were blowing it up. Now, you guys aren't too familiar on the Bleach Report communities, but they blow up sometimes. You know, big matchups, teams come in. Mm-hmm. What Denver fans were doing that week was ridiculous. I'm talking spam. I'm talking the rape. They're posting rape, uh, pictures of like dead ravens and stuff, saying like, you got wow. trash, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it was crazy. Just random. They're like, we're the best. We're going to stop Lamar running and we're going to, we're going to shut you guys down. <clears throat> well, let me tell you what happened. <laughs> You guys stopped the run. Oh, you did. But you forgot one thing. Uh, Lamar can throw the damn ball. 316 yards, one touchdown, granted, but it was a beauty to Hollywood. I saw and, that. Uh, Hollywood has his hands it. back. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, don't matter who you put back there, your guys' offense is garbage. Uh, you, yeah, you guys got one touchdown. Congrats. But the biggest point is what happened at the end. Nick Fangio. You're going to be a part of my new segment. You are the crybaby bitch boy of the week. What the hell do you, who do you think you are saying that our organization, you know how our organization is. This is a a world-class organization here. (laughs) Yeah, we had the Ray Ray Rice incident, but just forget it. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the point. (laughs) Anyway. John Harbaugh, that record is a 44-year-long record. It was, it, was, it was created by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s by Franco Harris, an amazing player, as much as I hate to say it about a Steelers player. This is a huge, huge record for this organization, for these players, for the coaching staff. And uh, it was five yards. We're not going for the win. And uh, quite frankly, if you don't like it, then fucking stop it, bitch. I'm going to cry. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second, Josh. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna protect my boy Vic Fangio a little bit because he was the Bears defensive coordinator two years ago. Now, say during that play, what if like, what if one of his players slips and tears his ACL or something happens horrifically like that, and they're out for the year? Or or Here's or, my count. Oh, no, go ahead. or yeah. on your side too. What if Lamar? Because he he slid awkwardly there when he went to slide to finish the play. But what if he were to hurt himself majorly in that? aspect does your view change first of all first of all victory formation and kneeling is (laughs) is an option (laughs) 
<laughs> Until the clock says triple zeros, we can do whatever the fuck we want, or any team can. It is a courtesy to do that. Second of all, I get the whole injury thing. But again, uh, the way he slid was kind of weird, but I guarantee you they told him, hey, look, go out there, do this play, just get the five five or four yards. If you can't do it, just, just go down. And he got it because, you know, Denver wasn't ready and they were expecting them to kneel. We don't have to kneel. Nothing in the rule book says you have to kneel. Nothing. It, it is a sportsmanlike thing, but with the record and where it stood and what it meant for the organization, we how don't close have to you kneel. were. And the thing is, they had a uh, Drew Lock in, and they're trying to score a freaking touchdown with ten seconds left. Yeah. Like, what is that going to do? And John Harbaugh said it best. I don't. He's like, I didn't know there was a sixteen point touchdown. Like, preach, preach. <laughs> I don't. That's get true. It. I, li- and, I like that comeback. He said. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, you guys, they can they can bitch, cry, moan. You know, I have a lot of respect for the, for the franchise. I love John Elway. The Denver Broncos are, you know, are a great organization throughout the history of the NFL. But, man, the fans and then this guy, this guy saying this? Uh-uh, I don't think so. I do not think so. It was definitely a, uh, it's a very – Fun. It was a very unwarranted response from Vic Fangio, especially after he knew what they like. Like you said, they were going for a touchdown with ten seconds left in the game, and then you have the gall to turn around and say, you know, oh, that's what I expected from that organization. Last play of the game with a, a massive milestone record on the line, you're four yards out from it, not even going for the first down, just getting the record. Vic Fangio that just- didn't. It didn't change the score. It didn't change the outcome of the game. It didn't change anything for you. Why are you upset about it? Vic Fangio just sounded salty that they finally lost. They finally played a team that knew how to play football, and they lost. Yep, so, oh, yeah, we exposed them. Yeah, I saw the we video. Of, they are. Yeah, I saw the video <laughs> of it, and he was just cursing out the ass. He was, like, super upset, uh-huh. like someone just killed his parents or uh-huh. something. I'm like, what? They just ran the ball. Relax. Four yards. <laughs> whoa, 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 Jared. Jared now. Jared now. The, they were. They came in. They wanted to stop the run, but uh, <laughs> couldn't stop five yards. So I wish I could have seen the chat after that game. You fighting every, every all those Denver fans. Oh, dude, dude. No, here's the funny thing too. A lot of us were like keeping receipts. We went after them. They deleted their accounts or cleared their. <laughs> I shit you not. I'm dead. St- oh my god. You I have I to at that point. Post them. Dude. Oh well, I do this. I don't delete my stuff. I just right. A few days you just log off. Come back. Yeah. There's like 99 uh, notifications, and I've been reported like a couple of times. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So these people literally ghosted on there and. Uh, yeah, you know, I kept sending the gif of the South Park episode where he's beating the dead horse. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was all I needed to be sent. That was all I needed to be sent. That's I'll be awesome. sending again this week, too, when we beat the Colts, but you guys didn't talk shit, so. Now we're Midwesterners. We'll be like, oh, good luck on the game. <laughs> we'll, see you, we'll see you after for a beer. We'll see you at church on sun, uh, Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. I don't know why I'm from Minnesota. It just felt like it was suitable for the Pleasure Midwest. Pleasure to have you here for a visit. <laughs> hey Mary Pat. Mary Pat. So I was gonna say I was trying to find some of the comments that you posted on uh Bleacher Report, Josh. However, I stumbled across my followers. I didn't know I had followers on this and found out that I had a follower called Poop Urine. Classic. That's his name. Wow. I don't know I don't know how I benefit from that. I don't know who the person is, but from I the have lo- two followers. Island urines. <laughs> 
The only the yeah. only <laughs> one of two people that follows me, his his name on the app is Poop Urine. So shout out to uh, Poop Urine. Shout out listening. Poop Urine. Yeah, uh, if you do find my profile, my actual posts are all relatively positive. What I do is I go into the comment sections, and <laughs> those don't show up on my feed, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I literally have my bio set up because, like, what you do is when you talk shit on Bleach Report, you tap the person's profile picture, and it pulls up, like, their bio and, like, who they like. And mine just goes – if you click it, it goes, you're here because you're mad. <laughs> because yeah. those are people go to see who they're rooting for, and then they come back and talk shit about who you're rooting for. <laughs> yeah. So I have it set up perfectly. <laughs> I should be on love this it. app. I love the troll. I should be on Dude, it's so much fun. You get pretty bad sometimes, but I love it. I love it. So – I quickly, I just don't really have much to say about as you know as exciting as it was this week. The Patriots Bucks. Um, just quickly touching on it, Mac Jones is pretty good. I think Bill Belichick probably should have trusted him more before that field goal. But exciting game, a lot more exciting than I think a lot of us anticipated. Does anybody have just quick thoughts about it just before we move on? I'll just say one thing. They overhyped this game to the point where I was caring less about it. It was so annoying. NBC kept panning at Tom Bay, like a Tom Brady view. You could go on stream. I mean, gosh damn. Like, they were, it was so annoying. And, like, at the end of the day, I get it. It was, like, a big deal. The only thing they should have done is when he walked out the first time, show that good over. Um, but it was all game long. All they talked about. So annoying. It was a boring game anyway. So, I, you yeah. Know, yeah, they. I think uh, I think Tom got a little too excited there, and it, he rarely sh- like he obviously shows emotion. I agree. But, uh, he's usually always locked in. I think that's one of the rare cases where him returning to New England to New England kind of got him a little bit. It's a mental thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, one one thing real quick. Yeah, they kept showing. There were just some plays where like the camera would only look at Tom Brady's face. I'm like, I'm trying to see the formations. I'm it's trying to weird. see what's happening. Yeah. I'm trying to see the play. The, the the play clock is going down to one, and we're still looking at Tom Brady's face. Like, I don't care. Well, Show hell, the one play. thing. Now, now, the best face, though, that they kept showing later on, which was funny, <laughs> was Belichick's son. Dude, that guy's just sitting there. Look at his tongue out. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. That was really too much acid. <laughs> now, this begs the question. What type of faces does he make when he's constipated? If he's making these faces in the game, do you think they're I think, worse? I think he just he probably was caught. He probably was caught. Like just <laughs> super creepily. I was about to say, someone needs <laughs> to buy that in a squatty potty. <laughs> this so. guy, Nedema. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. So kind of a terrible transition on my part. I'm looking at the window right now. It's storming currently. And oh, I saw cheesy. lightning, and I kind of want to cancel the podcast, even though I'm inside. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was actually good. That was perfect. You see Gruden's reaction when the ref told him to? Mm-hmm. Like, the ref walks up, like, tells roof. him, and he just goes, he looks straight up, up, and he's like, roof? <laughs> That's, I mean, like, how do you have a weather delay when you're inside, a, like, a dome? Like, how does that make Micah any sense? said it best. Micah said it yeah. best. Imagine spending five billion dollars, five million dollars on a new stadium, a little lightning. Well, did you see what Showman said? He goes, "Oh, yeah." Micah asked, "Who wins, brand new five billion dollar stadium or some lightning?" 
And Shulman responded with, I'll take one big flashy boy. <laughs> <laughs> and you can make so many puns with the Chargers, too. Oh, there yeah, was it was, it was oh God, again, yeah. I said it before, it was almost poetic, wasn't it? Of course. <laughs> the Chargers were scared of lightning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you said it, Gruden's face, he's like, are you serious? So does anybody actually know why? I haven't looked into it. No I haven't clue. seen what the reasoning was. No. I there had to be something with the stadium. Like it, it's kind of like an indoor outdoor stadium. Yeah. So it's not it's it, open it, air. It, is, it does have a roof, but it, it is also open in, in parts. So I don't know if that was what affected it, but like it's still fucking still, Yeah. But it's basically I know, like an I awning. know I, I was about to say, have you seen the have you seen the separation between what was considered the you know it is an open air stadium, but have you seen kind of the covering, like how extended it is after the stadium? Yeah, I don't. It's get enormous. That, yeah. It is enormous. It doesn't make it wouldn't have made a difference. So it's actually yeah. in the ground because of where they wanted to build it. They couldn't have like a stadium sitting up because of uh, LAX, the airport. So they had to build it down into the ground. So not only does it have a roof, it's actually lower in the ground than a regular uh, standing stadium. <laughs> nice. No, Great still scared of lightning. <laughs> nope. So let's talk about the actual football of that game. The Chargers are. Although scared of lightning inside, they are legit as a football team. Yes. I think it's time to say it. Albeit yeah, AFC West. Yeah. The AFC West, though. I mean, they beat the Chiefs. Other than the Broncos. But I'm just saying it's crazy. Yeah. Broncos are also 3-1. I mean, All two right. teams they played, but. I guess they're 3-1. Yeah, that, yeah that's kind of like uh You're like oh, three goddamn times. right. Yeah. So, but, well, both West – both Western divisions are kind of tough to go into, aren't they? Like the They're NFC East now. as well. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know if West is the best right now. Probably. But I think so. You can regardless, make the case. Justin Herbert has been a pro since basically the day he stepped into the job. I think he looks phenomenal. I think they're using, although as I was going to say, Mike Will- Mike Williams was a non-factor in this game. They are still using him correctly. The Finally. weapons are there. the The protection is there. the The defensive cohesiveness is there again. This team could be legit. This team could go far in the season if they just continue to build. And they have to stay healthy. That's one of the key things with that Chargers team. They can never stay yeah. healthy. So, as much as anybody have anything to say about the Chargers, there, Herbert owner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I praised. I love Joe Burrow. I think he's a great quarterback, and he's Joe, gonna Joe Burrow. Yes. Uh, he's getting to it. I, it. Uh, uh, I think Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. I, I think he's extremely talented, and he's definitely, uh, you know, uh, going to be great. But I still, I still think Herbert is the best quarterback from that draft class. I think Herbert is one A and Burrow one B. I know you Bengals fans are probably cursing at me right now, but I'm just going to say straight up. I watch them both, and Herbert is so clinical with his throws and the command of the, the offense. Not saying it, it, it's just when I watch Herbert compared to Burrow, there's just something about Herbert. It's just the way he, you know, it's just, he just zips it in there, man. And it is so clinical how he gets it, how he can move the ball up and down the field. And uh, he's just so talented and um 
but yeah, uh, that's my that's my take on it. I think Herbert. That's why I drafted him so early in the fantasy. Uh, the first two weeks were mostly his receivers fault dropping touchdowns left and right and penalties. But now that everything seems to be clicking. He's he's opening it up and he's gonna be he's just gonna keep on. He he could he very easily be uh, AFC Offensive Player of the Year or an Offensive Player of the Year. I want to say MVP, MVP but MVP. I, I don't know about MVP, but I will say you know he could be the. You know, he could be the next one of the top quarterbacks in the league this year. I, I would like to say something. Uh, Josh, I it's funny that you mentioned the Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert comparison. Because we remember not that long ago when these two guys were in college, I believe I made a take like that. And I got roasted. <laughs> oh, like yes, you did. For it. Yes, like you did. <laughs> I won't apologize for anything because he was playing for Oregon at the time. Yeah, that's the difference. That's <laughs> and he the was kind of he was struggling on that Oregon the squad. I think this offense he has a, I saw in, the in LA. He was, was there all along. You, all right. you just didn't want to see it. You weren't ready for it. You couldn't handle okay. it. Oh, all right. good. You can be. We have yeah, the QB but... whisperer here. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. So. It kind of brings us to one of the last points on this game. We're talking about how legit the Chargers could be. All you know, they need to stay healthy. Where do the Raiders go? Because the Raiders were showing a lot of promise. They were showing a lot of dynamic playmaking. It wasn't just leaning on Darren Waller. Do the Raiders kind of fall back down to earth, or do they continue to progress, take this as a learning lesson, and improve throughout the year? Is this is this a a good year for the Raiders, or is this what we think it's going to be? Unfortunately, they will be declining again just because they have to face Justin Fields and the Bears this coming week. <laughs> but <Okay. laughs> I, I think this is just one of. I think it's just they were just due for a loss. But they were three and zero, and they're going against a really good Charger squad. They really can't beat themselves up on this loss. They almost came back for a minute there, but then Justin Herbert pulled away with Austin Eckler, but I, I think they'll be fine. I, I don't think there's any need for worry or concern, but they are, they will lose next week, unfortunately. So maybe then they can look in the mirror next week, but. Okay. I think this Raiders team is good. I don't think they're great. Um, kind of a, kind of a maybe. Um, and really, I don't, their defense isn't necessarily the biggest issue, as it is Derek Carr. I know he's been playing well, but like last night, like he just wasn't impressing me much. Um, I know the Chargers' defense is good as well, but I have a I'm a very like back and forth kind of view on Derek Carr. Like there's times where he like shows me something, and there's times where I'm just kind of like, or he doesn't, you know, and I'm just like, wow, he sucks. So I don't know. Like it's I think that the Raiders are kind of like this, you know, an, a, a non, a, a, I'm sorry, I'm not good for words right now. I'm just going to say that they're just kind of, they're interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 they're interesting. So definitely a, an interesting team to keep an eye on. And uh, they could be a wild card player. They could win their division. I mean, or they could end up in last, you know, it's just, I think the AFC West is just kind of crazy right now. Um, except for the, Fucking Broncos, you pieces of shit. You suck. You suck so much. You're going to lose every fucking game. That sounded a little personal <laughs> at the end. But um, real quick, though, I think I think with Derek Carr, I think he just can't handle the pressure. 
that if defense sends like five, six people at him, I don't think he can handle that and decipher that in that quick moment. I think I remember one of the Chargers defenders. I forgot who it was. They said after the game that you throw a little bit of pressure into Derek Carr, he just breaks down. And I think we saw that in the first half yeah. of that game. I agree. I think that Derek Carr is the type of player that, like, if you put him in a situation where he had a great defense behind him and then, you know, great sporting staff, he could potentially win a Super Bowl. And then people would be saying, maybe this guy's elite. He kind of reminds me of, like, Joe Flacco's career arc. Let's be real. <laughs> People throw him out there as like, is he better than we think all the time? Josh's and face. He's not. He's, he's good, good enough. He's not a superstar. But, uh, you know, if you, if you put the pieces there, he could, he could get the job done. I can't disagree with that. I just don't think they have the pieces I can't, at this point. I can't he's out of line, but that. he's right. <laughs> <laughs> How can you say something so controversial yet brave? <laughs> so brave. <laughs> so speaking of, well, actually, there's actually no good transition into this. <laughs> Kunis, I think I'm going to let you take over on this one because this is your savior here. This is your your little route runner, as this you is, call it. This is my guy. So this is a new segment. For the week, it is the the random drug test of the week. So uh, it's for a player that does something that eh, you probably didn't think that was going to happen. Just play a little beyond their abilities there. Before big games, I shoot rabies. It gives me the edge I need, and it's undetectable. Only idiot losers do steroids anymore. Okay, so I think the random drug test this week is going to be Hunter Renfro for his amazing, unbelievable hit. On that fake punt there. They were. He read it beautifully. Saw it before it happened. Laid him the fuck out. And Hunter Renfro. Perfect tackle. What? 5'10", 185 pounds. He looked like a fucking middle linebacker right there. That was textbook. Perfect form tackling. Head on the ball. Made the ball popped out. Stopped that play right there. Right then and there. But how quick of him to just react to that and see, oh, the punter's throwing it right to this guy, beeline cut, and just pops him. Just perfect. He knew like he knew instantly. It was ultimate fo- football guy move. You see the you see that there's no one covering this guy. You see that the punter notices it. So what if they punt it and they, they down the punt inside the five? Way better than them just picking up a first down there. Fuck it, so be it if you can't return it. So Dude. What a move, what a hit. Hunter Renfro, sign him up as a linebacker. That's who's getting that drug tested randomly was... this week. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that hit was so hype. I love it. It was, like you guys just said, perfect form tackling. And if you do it right, guys, instead of putting your head down, it's still a huge hit. Like, exactly. come on. <laughs> but, yes, I, I love it. I love I love it. They need to test that man. They need to test that man. <laughs> I mean, just to reiterate, it was such good form on it as well because nothing came of it, and it was, uh, yeah, Kunis, you said it best. It was such a football, like football play. Just no fear going into that tackle, especially at that size. I mean, it 
going into a tackle in any game is actually a mental thing, whether you're at an amateur level or not. You know, if you're a professional into he's it, a, he's, he's not hitting player. people for yeah, he's not hitting people for a living. So it absolutely was a a mental component. There was a mental component to it. He I'll laid him be, out. How quickly had pretty- wide receivers having being one tackling we do not like doing and a lot of us are bad at it and we just don't like doing it so and you see that with some of the pros they just simply don't like it or they're freaking awful so seeing hunter renfro was such a big beautiful hit like you gotta love it you gotta love it he honestly awesome. looked good all game he I, every time he touched the ball he made a play he yeah. that dirty dirty route in the red zone that they call ran, it like, the, the china lake route yeah, I, I, it's like a, I don't even know how to explain it. I never ran it before in my life, but it's sexy, man, and it works. It's really it's nice. So good. It's very dangerous. The quarterback just needs the time for him to run that route. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, speaking of big hits, kind of want to transition into another segment. I'm going to hand it over to you, Josh. Oh, you guys are going to love this segment too. I got my bully McGuire of the week. I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. So my bully Maguire of the week is none other than Taysom Hill. Did you guys see this run? Oh, he don't, we don't need to check him for anything because we know who Taysom Hill is, and the Giants certainly did too. They had their linebackers walked up. They knew it was coming, okay? I know that they don't always guard against it. We were giving them shit, but that play they actually were. They were walking up. Taysom Hill gets the direct snap. And he runs up to the line, you know, gets stuffed up a little bit. And then he breaks out and he starts stuffing a guy to the ground and he gets to the goal line. He gets hit again and then he just fucking spins in. Never went down. Beautiful monster run. And I thought to my, my heart jumped out of my chest when I saw that. He straight up put the dirt in their eyes. And he is my Bully Maguire of the week. I will give out one quick shout out for our other nominee, Javante Williams, putting all the Ravens on his back and dragging them to the goal, uh, to the almost to the goal line. Holy crap! That rookie is going to be amazing. Get Melvin Gordon's old ass out of here and put Javante on twenty four seven. I want to see it. I agree with that. And yeah, Taysom Hill. It, I was watching that play live, and I just kept saying, "Oh, he's just going to go down right here." And then he breaks that tackle, and then he gets hit again. Like, oh, he's about to go down right here. Nope, he breaks that tackle, and then he gets hit again, and he spins into the end zone and just. You, next thing you know, you see him flexing in the end zone. It's it's insane. Dude, why get rid of Camara? Put this guy in twenty four seven. Yeah. Put this guy in. Trevor, you drafted the wrong guy one on one. You should have drafted Taysom freaking Hill. I don't see Camara doing that shit. Especially if you, he didn't do that shit on Sunday. You took the wrong QB RB wide receiver tight end combo guy. Dude, beautiful, beautiful. I, I mean, loved it. And I, I so I watched the games with Trevor on Sunday. And in the midst of his face palm, watching that, thinking to himself, why did that not go to Camara? I, I don't know if I hoped he heard what I said, but at the time I said, regardless of the fantasy outcome in, in this game, Taysom Hill is a damn good football player to watch because of what he's capable of doing like that. I, that exceeded my expectations of what he could have done. He is a foot. He is a he is a thorn in the side of any Saints QB or running back owner, but man, is he fun to watch when he gets, you know, when he gets free, because he's so he's capable of doing it all. So that's it a great matter. pick on the Bully McGuire. Yeah, it, it really doesn't. He, I mean, it, 
he will he will go at you whether it's five yards out, thirty yards out. It does not matter. So, but yeah, no, that is a. Um, I think everybody can be in agreement with your pick on the uh, on the bully McGuire of the week. Um, yes, I like that segment. <laughs> I'm actually transitioning into something that Jerry and I worked on. I think it's time for our. Ben and Jerry's flavors of the week. Oh my gosh. What a great go. So as you know, he's Ben and I'm Jerry. And we are, this is based off the ice cream uh, company of Ben and Jerry's. This is going to be. Oh, our really? <laughs> Just for those who don't know. No relation. No relation. Oh, right. Our Belgian and German listeners. It's... Yes. Guten Tag. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like Hagen does. <laughs> <laughs> But no, this but is gonna American. be American. This is gonna be the segment where we just list off a bunch of players we thought had really good weeks this week, and we just want to give them their flowers, give them their recognition, you know. So Jerry, why don't you kick us off with the particular guy in the ran- on the Rams team? You know, as much as I hate it, I'm kind of I'm kind of craving some vanilla Jefferson with the ingredients and tail of <laughs> 90 yards and a touchdown. Now, they didn't win the game, but Vanilla Jeff- Jefferson, Van Jefferson, was the only bright spot, I'd say, from that Rams offense. Ah, I love it. Yeah, and I think Vanilla Jefferson goes well in a cup, but I prefer it in a Patrick McCone. <laughs> he pulled off a nice little week. McCone includes 278 yards and five touchdowns. Ooh, very tasty indeed. Great comeback. Yeah, make sure you add that interception for the haters. Nah, Stop it's it. just a little drizzle on the top. <laughs> and you know what goes well with some vanilla and some Patrick McCones is a little side of Randall Cobbler. Welcome back, Ooh. Randall Cobbler, with some 69 yards and nice and two touchdowns. Looking like the old Randall Cobb we know. Love to see it. So I'm not exactly feeling Cobbler, but I tell you what, if we uh, if we had a campfire going, I could go for some DJ S'more right oh, now. Ooh, just a little yeah. eight receptions, 113 <laughs> yards, and two touchdowns. Sounding love, very good right now. I love me some DJ S'more, but not as much as I love some Cherry Cordero. 116 total scrimmage yards with three Ooh. touchdowns. Give me some more of that next week, Cherry. <laughs> A little cherry on top. <laughs> a little cherry on top. That's a great way to end the segment. Top. <laughs> and I think from that point, you know, I'm, I, this may be the, the my I'm last podcast because I'm really hungry. I'm hungry now. I want to get some ice cream. <laughs> um, All right. Oh, no, no, Josh, take away. Sorry. I'm having, I know I'm having some lag on my end. Go ahead, Ben. Oh, all good. Well, I was actually going to say after that building of the appetite, let's kind of dig into our um picks of the week so this will be talking about the betting component of it so i'm gonna have everybody kind of kick it off here because i as much as i've added in my picks i'm not really the betting savant so i'm gonna pass this over to my podcast mates all right so i'm gonna go ahead uh we have a little wager going on too what we're starting this week so the best overall record at the end of the season owes us a round of drinks you know, that's that's how we roll around here. We keep it classy, but I still don't want to have to pay for what's probably going to be Jared's super girly drink. It's probably going to be extra expensive. <laughs> They're tasty. <laughs> They're delicious. Yeah, yeah, okay. What's okay. wrong with some flavor? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, 
We're going to get into it. So, <laughs> so we're going to start off with the first game. Oh, by the way, we are doing picks for all the games on the slate. However, we're only going to uh, cover and talk about a few just because there are so many. And uh, some of them are kind of easy bets, to say the least. All right, but we'll go ahead and get into this one. First one is Rams at Seahawks. All of us, clean uh, clean picks on Rams minus two and a half. Quickly tell me tell me uh, what you guys think about why you picked the Rams minus two and a half on this one. Uh, Seahawks are not convincing. I know they had a commanding win over the 49ers last week, but they're, they're still not convincing to me. Russell Wilson, he doesn't look that good. I mean, he's making the throws to Tyler Lockett, but you take that away from him, it's the offense kind of stalls out. And plus, Chris Carson is not practicing this week, so they're going to miss a lot from the running game. And I think the Rams are on a comeback to, or a revenge game, kind of say, from the beatdown they took from the Cardinals last week. Uh, for me, DK is questionable. Chris Carson's questionable. And uh, the Seahawks defense is always a little questionable. So, easy pick for me there. I mean, I run the risk of sounding like a broken record from what everybody else said. I think Russell Wilson looks pretty damn good if I say so myself. But says the Russell Wilson owner. Definitely no no bias there. No, absolutely not. Absolutely no nineteen fat bias. Um, (laughs) Regardless, I do think that. (laughs) (laughs) So regard. Regardless, I do think that there's going to be a chip on the shoulder of the Rams in this game, especially coming after coming off that that game against the Cardinals. The Cardinals did look really good there, but I still believe that the Rams are on a good day, the best team in the NFL as of right now, and they're not really gonna they're gonna let loose against the the Seahawks this week. All right, all right. All good points. Moving on, we got Jets at Falcons. This one's for you, Eric. Me, Kunis, and Ben all have Jets plus three. Jared, explain to me why you picked the Falcons minus three. I mean, the Jets are good. What are you talking about? They don't give up passing touchdowns. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Jets, and they haven't faced Cordero Patterson yet, so I'm I'm expecting at least five touchdowns from Cordero Patterson. Give me the Falcons minus 20. Remind me, guys, what are we looking at for in the Jets? I'm uh, not sure. They, they don't allow touchdowns. Uh, passing <laughs> and uh, good news is Matt Ryan really? is thrown. So. <laughs> I don't know. Something about C.J. Mosley. There's a lot of stats that Eric posts. I don't really pay attention to most of them. Um, <laughs> amen, I'm sure amen. PFF's got a reason why. Yeah, for real. <laughs> All right, We're the most on. obscure market team that's colored green that can <laughs> prevent people from scoring touchdowns, you know, at one particular <laughs> segment of the field. I don't know. <laughs> I'm taking the Jets. I feel like they've got the hot hand in there in London, which for some reason feels London. like an advantage for them. I don't know. <laughs> All right, moving on. Next one. This one's for you, Bengals fans. Packers at the Bengals. Everyone other than me, uh, everyone else had Packers minus three, and I'm the only one who took the Bengals plus three, and I'm going to tell you why. The Packers are not the same team as they were these past NFC Championship games. Rodgers keeps overthrowing Robert Tunyon, so fuck him. And second of all, (laughs) Joe Burrow is looking great, and CJ Uzama looked fantastic, and Jamar Chase is my boy. Bengals plus three, take it. Don't listen to him. It's Packers minus three all day. <laughs> did did anybody bid on Uzama on the waivers today? 
Should have put a forty-five toward him, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I've, I've, <laughs> I just gotta make fun I've, of myself at this point. Uh, it's it's, right. be- it's best to laugh at it. I'm gonna say quickly. I feel as though your uh, Bengals pick is somewhat slightly biased, and I know you and Robert have some things to resolve. But yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Packers minus three. <clears throat> yep. Um, moving on, <laughs> we got <laughs> Broncos at Steelers. Um, Broncos. We all picked them at plus one. I mean, I don't. I hate betting on them because they're a bunch of crybaby bitch boys, but, <laughs> but, but the Steelers, I hate even more and they suck ass outside of Najee Harris. So, and Deontay Johnson. One. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Deontay, Deontay Johnson. Johnson. Okay, okay. <laughs> Wide receiver six on the week. Thank you very much. <laughs> Broken. What glass, about though. Chase Claypool? He's hurt. Shut up, I know. <laughs> but I'm also yeah, taking yeah, Denver. Yeah, no, it's Shittsburg. Easy pick. I don't like Ben's hip. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I don't think he likes his hip one. either. We got Saints at the team formerly known as the Redskins. Um, it looks like we were a little divided here. Uh, me, Ben, and Micah all have the Redskins at plus two. And Jared and Kunis went Saints minus two. Uh, Kunis, why don't you explain to me uh, why we're going Saints on this one? Um, honestly, I think it's kind of a toss up, but uh, I, I just I believe in Sean Payton a little bit more. I think it'll, I think we'll get it figured out. Their defense is really good still. So. I mean, yeah, they were they were embarrassed by the Giants at home, so I think this is a this is one of those games that they get right, and you're going to expect a lot of Camara, a lot of Camara in this game. I went with yeah. the football team, I believe. And if that's the case, I can't actually remember off the top of my head, but if that's the case, I do know that I think Heineke. Yeah, Heineke. It's because of Tyler Heineke, bro. I believe in him. I don't I don't know if I believe in him without Logan Thomas kind of taking some attention off of uh Terry McLaurin, but Ricky Seals Jones, if he's viable, then great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like this will be, this could be a, uh, I don't know if it's going to be the get right game for the saints that we all think it could be. I think it could be the, I think it's going to be the Redskins. Yeah. Um, I only got one thing to say. The reason why I'm taking the Redskins on this one is, and also to circle back to the comments made in the FSL podcast is Terry motherfucking McLaurin, scary Terry. Trevor, you act like, you know, that man, you say, Oh, I know what he is. Obviously not. If you're going to trade his ass away, he's doing awesome. great. He's going to continue to do great. So next time I hear you hypocritically say, you know, Terry McLaurin, you obviously don't. If you Let him know. Yeah. Last. Love you, Trevor. <laughs> Say it loud. Anyway, the in the back. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the next one. Titans at Jags. Uh, we were 50-50-ish on this one as well. I went with the Titans along with Kunis and Micah. Uh, ben and Jared, explain to me why you are going with the Jaguars with Urban Cowboy. <laughs> ben and Jared. I mean, I kind of want to ride that Urban Cowboy train, you know? And I think the Titans Oh, are I bet you do. I bet you do. <laughs> Just like that girl in the bar, right? <laughs> ah. Um, That's inappropriate. <laughs> the Titans are overrated in my eyes. Uh, it, it would help, though. I, I don't think Julio is going to play this week, but A.J. Brown will come back probably. But I think I don't think the Titans will be able to cover four points, though, against the Jaguars. I don't know if my take on it was that the Titans are overrated or that 
for the first time, I actually saw some promise in Trevor Lawrence and the Jags offense on Thursday night. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just writing the hot hand. Maybe I was actually more impressed than I realized that than I thought I would be with the Jags. But, you know, if I, if I miss out on this one, if I'm wrong, I'm not really going to hold myself to it, but yeah, I guess I kind of have more belief in the, the Jags than I thought I did. All right. So, so and James talk- Robinson's insane. So we talked about this before we uh, recorded. I almost made this my lock of the week, um, taking the Titans for the only reason of uh, getting it before AJ Brown or Julio announced. If if they play, I think this is a lock. If they don't, I do see the Jags probably covering. But if they, if though, if either one or both play, pick a side. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I picked the Titans. I'm I'm, I'm taking that chance. Yeah. But it's not like Derrick Henry is used to uh, having bad games against the Jaguars. He has been oh, known to have uh, good 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 games against them. That's true. So, yeah, I can just say exactly what I was going to say. This man's ran how many 99-yard touchdowns on them? Two? Two. And, yeah, and the Jags are still the Jags. Derrick Henry is going to keep this team alive Jared. and shit them out in the morning. It's gonna be crazy, like uh, minus minus four. Dude, I take that minus thirty. I'm not even lying. That's how bad they're gonna beat the Jags. Jesus. All right, moving on. We got a really good one here for all the Bears fans. We have Bears at Raiders. Um, literally, all the Bears fans, Jared Kudis and Micah, have the Bears at plus five for some crazy reason. Crazy. Me and Ben, me and Ben, being the only sane men here, have uh, Raiders yeah. minus five. Um, so Ben, back back me up. Why we take this? Because the Raiders will throw more than sixty yards in a game. Hey, hey, no, whoa, drop whoa, the mic. End the podcast. That's good. Stop That's it. all no. we got to say. <laughs> we have offense now, Jared, Jared. You can cut that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not gonna be in the that's Stop gonna make the show. count. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. No, you go. That's pretty much all I have to say. I. I've I've seen more to believe in in the Raiders offense than I have in the Bears uh, in the Bears offense this year. Bears defense is always a threat. It's always going to be a threat. But I yeah, I just have more confidence in the Raiders this week. All right, Bears fans, let's hear it. You know our reasons. Starting Justin Fields, Cleo Mack revenge game. Book it. Okay. (laughs) Any. I mean, we'll see. Um, I don't honestly see it happening. I think the Raiders are just a better team. Um, I love Justin Fields to death, but, uh, you know, uh, Max Crosby's going to be all over him, just like Miles Garrett was. So, yeah, uh, seeing another – I'd definitely take the over on Justin Fields' sacks right now. Like, definitely smack that if that is a prop bet because I would, I would hit it immediately. Yeah, those, uh, anyway. Those, yeah, smack that if you want at home if you want to lose some money. No, smack that if you want to admit win someone. You can't listen to these biased fans here. Anyway, <laughs> Giants at Cowboys next. Another 50-51. Uh, I, uh, I, Kunis, me, and Micah have Cowboys at minus seven. And Jared and uh, uh, Ben decided to ride on the Giants train. Um, tell me why. Tell me why. Um, I think <laughs> earlier in the podcast I mentioned how much how much I was impressed by Daniel Jones. So I think that kind of tells you why my, I picked the Giants plus seven. I think Daniel Jones is going to ball out again against the Cowboys and it will keep it close whether or not they win or lose the game, but within seven points. I think, uh, yeah. 
the the Giants looked good, so I, I do think this was a bit of a toss-up. Seven points to count a lot. Um, but Cowboys' defense has looked so much better than it did last year. I think they've made drastic improvements there, and their offense is still pretty pretty fucking good. So um, so I'm taking the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> How about them um, Cowboys? Was it um, Diggs? Was it Trey? Yeah, Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs. Diggs. Trayvon Diggs. He he's a real deal. Um, he's breathing life into that defense. But at the end of the day, I don't think the Giants are a walkover. I think that spread is pretty high. Um, and for a division rivalry, I I definitely think that they're going to make it a little. Like I think, if anything, it will be a touchdown difference. But I think it could be less. All right. Yeah. Um, Cowboys, I'm just, uh, their offense is showing me something. Um, we all know the, the weapons that they have to playing really well. Um, they put up, they put up some points easily on a solid Panthers defense. Uh, yeah. I just like them way more than the giants right now, even though Saquads is looking amazing. Um, and it's his return. Moving on to the next one, uh, one of the bigger marquee match matchups of the week. It is the Sunday night football game, um, the AFC Championship rematch, Bills at Chiefs. This is a massive game. Um, the Chiefs, uh, you know, they've been getting bullied around a little bit. And the Bills, you know, they had a little rough start, but they've been dominating as well. Um, I, me and Micah are the only ones that have the Chiefs at minus two and a half. We broke the list, but this is the pickums that does not apply here. Micah uh, wrote the fucking list. <laughs> he wrote the list, and he and he's going against it. I love it. Anyway, Jared, Kunis, and Ben, you guys have the Bills at plus two and a half. Since I'm the only Chiefs picker here, enlighten me on why the Bills are going to cover this and win. This is a revenge game for Josh Allen. This is that in the playoffs, I think they lost and Stefan Diggs waited back and just watched them celebrate. And I think Stefan Diggs is just going to go crazy. And if it's any time to beat the Chiefs, it's now. They look vulnerable right now. They're still trying to figure it out on defense. So I think the Bills have a great chance at winning this game. I think, uh, one, I believe in rules and uh, I adhere to the list. Don't bet on the Chiefs. <laughs> Two, uh, I personally think the Bills have looked like the best team in football for the last through, through the first four weeks. So I'm going to bank on the team with, that's got the rock solid defense and an elite offense. So I'm going to go with them. Yeah, I don't really pay attention to the betting rules much, so that didn't really deter me anyways. I'm still <laughs> taking the bills that Josh Allen is returning to form. Not only do they have Cole Beasley being just the – slot reception guy they now have the veteran presence of emmanuel sanders dawson knox looks legit Diggs is always a threat zach moss zach moss is kind of making his mark on the team as well now this team has a lot going for it i haven't been as convinced as i used to be about the chiefs i I think that the bills could win this um although the score isn't going to be that huge of a difference i think that they could win this quite convincingly convincingly to be honest Yep. So give me and... Bills minus seven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bills, Chiefs. Going to be a good one. Anyway, moving on to the last one. And my lock of the week, Colts at Ravens. I have Ravens at minus seven. Uh, Kunis, Ben, and Micah have Ravens at six and a half. 
We all have the Ravens, though. We all know what's going to happen. Them, that, them Colts are going to come prancing in, and we're going to destroy you guys. Get the record convincingly, and Lamar is going to keep having a great season. But I want to hear it, Ben. How hard was it for you to pick Ravens minus six and a half, knowing it could be way higher? I, I don't. I don't think this is a question of if it's hard or not. <laughs> I. It was sarcasm. Yeah, I was going to say, to be honest with you, I actually don't think that you're going to destroy us. Everybody thought we were going to get mopped by the Rams as well, but sometimes we, we kind of play to our opponents. I think we're going to lose, but I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a more exciting game than we think. Um, fingers crossed that Carson Wentz's legs just don't fold in half because we kind of need him to, you know, as delicate a flower as he is, we do need him to kind of improve our team. But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for it just in a football, uh, just from a football perspective. But yeah, you guys are probably going to win. GG's yeah. probably going to win. I uh, just I just don't think it's going to be a contest. I'm I'm sorry, Ben, but I don't think your Colts team can compete with the Ravens. So give me Ravens by a hundred. Been saying it all year. Colts are kind of trash. So. All right, and that wraps up our pickles. <laughs> Colts kind of trash. <laughs> That's all good as I didn't say to end that one up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then a big no, right? Yeah. Sorry, all I right. refuse to be called trash by someone who threw 60 yards. Stop. Oh, this is an argument we can <laughs> and that is the last right. time we'll hear ben on this podcast <laughs> goodbye ben <laughs> anyway uh jared i'm gonna hand it over to you for uh closing it up uh before we close it up i want to uh touch on the pickums of the week we're also going to try to do each of us have a lock of the week what we think will for sure hit what we think will be you know, the lock of the week. And I think my lock of the week is going to be, I think it's pretty obvious at this point, it's going to be Bears plus five against the Raiders. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's got to be a punishment for it if it doesn't hit when it's your lock. <laughs> because well, that's think, 100% not hitting. I think we'll have we'll have something for the loser, if the person with the worst record for oh, locks of the week. How about 100%. that? 100%. We'll, have, yeah. we'll have, to have that in the works. I'm just going to suggest to my listeners that whatever I pick, pick the other thing. So he's saying fade him. Fade <laughs> him. I haven't even made bold claims yet. I haven't pulled an Eric during the European Championship this summer when he went, what, five oh for 25 God. on soccer games? <laughs> so I haven't even done anything like that, but I'm just being proactive. If if it starts to, you know, if I start a downward trend, just hop off, hop off quickly. What was your so, lock of the week? Who is it? Um... Rams probably. Rams minus two and a half. You heard it here first, good folks. That's a good one. Yep, yep. Kudos, what do you got? I've got uh it's a game we didn't really touch on, but the uh the Bucks minus ten over the uh Dolphins. That's a biggest spread of the week, spread. but uh they Brady's coming off a loss. He historically has done pretty well off a loss. Um so they're gonna be fired up. They are so much better of a team than the Dolphins are right now. The Colts beat the Dolphins by ten. If that can happen, it the Bucks sixty Colts kind of trash. Sixty yards. Stop that. <laughs> Who had coach? So that's a one-off game. Other than your three losses. You know, it also was a one-off game. All right, and we're muting Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you were to uh, 
parlay all our picks on DraftKings, all our locks of the weeks. You get a plus 1230 odds and it's 10 to win $133. So you're welcome for the $123. Smack it. Except I'm changing it to Raiders minus five. No, you can't change it. You can't change the locks of the week. That's the parlay. You're right. You're right. All right. If you're listening. For the $200 credit, please type in. Yeah, sponsor For the $200 us. credit, yes. please type in my discount code 60 yards in a game. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, if you want my code, type in Andrew Luck. <laughs> I think my code will be Urban Cowboy. <laughs> Urban Cowboy. <laughs> that one. <laughs> All right. I think that does it for tonight's show. If you need Eric's, it stands while he poops. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> No, but thanks for listening, guys. Um, on this NFL podcast, we're going to try to do more segments like we did earlier in the show. We're going to try to stay consistent with it, but also introduce some new segments. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. And, uh, yeah, join us join. next week. See if our locks were actual locks or if we're just full of bologna sausages. Anything else you guys would like to say? Fuck uh, the Broncos. Fuck Vic Fangio. Uh, the Raiders are going to be trashed this week. And, uh Derek, Clark, Derek Flacco is going to look like shit. <laughs> it's Derek Flacco. <laughs> uh, don't really have much else to say. That kind of capped it off. It's a pretty good way to end it, Derek Flacco. We should not be saying his name. It is 2021. <laughs> I do not even want to hear the name Joe Flacco until, until he officially retires. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. All right, I'm the Eagles, on. yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Remember, follow us on Twitter at Send League and tune in next week. See you guys. Adios.